I'm Lisa Blair, scholar, writer, and international women's consultant. And I'm David Bedrick, teacher, author, and founder of the Santa Fe Institute for Shame-Based Studies. Join us as we break down relationships, drawing from depth psychology, our work with clients, and 18 years together in romantic partnership, diving into the agony, and the ecstasy, of emotional intimacy, conflict, and connection. Let's jump in! This is In Too Deep. Hey, here we are again. I'm so excited about today's episode, I can barely contain That's myself. That's because you told me that you want to disagree with me about something, and I don't know what it is yet. It made me nervous. I'm like, uh-oh. No, 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 no. no. It's nothing big. No, no, I like disagreements. They're good. <laughs> I don't know why I'm in such a So I'm mood looking right forward to it. Okay. Because we were talking earlier yeah. about different things we wanted to dialogue about together yeah and then we started talking about success stories the idea of success stories yes we think sometimes maybe our viewpoint can get a little down let's talk about conflict let's talk about depression let's talk about like people like dying on the vine <laughs> you know <clears throat> you know all the major pitfalls all the reasons you will fail in your relationship <laughs> ah! like you're like i was hoping to get encouraged instead of scared the bejeebers right. out of me right <laughs> So anyway, so we were talking about that, but we're going to define that today. Yes. But before we do that... Bittersweet. It's time for the bittersweet moment of the day. Okay. And you want to go first? Okay. Um, I have a bitter um, moment that occurred because I was doing a live video, a free live video on Facebook um, the other night, and... Somebody said something kind of harsh to me. They wrote it while I was speaking. There's not an interaction back and forth. Then people can make right comments, which I can only pay a little bit of attention to because I have a, an agenda. So I had an agenda to talk about anger, probably about an hour, answer about 30 minutes of my own stuff, and maybe answer about 30 minutes worth of questions mm. from people. And then somebody came in and said, that I was wasting their time. I should be more organized. I can't remember what the words were anymore. They're not important. Yeah. But what happened was, I mean, I said something. I didn't like where the person was coming from. Mm-hmm. It's a free video and, and they don't have to listen. Exactly. But um, I just said, you know, I'm not, my style and way is not for everyone. Perhaps I'm not someone you want to listen to or learn from or right. hang out with. In yeah. live videos that are just streaming freely. You're over. free to leave. You're free to leave. <laughs> um, what I realized afterwards is that I got a bit hurt by the statement. And I was wondering, how come? How come when I get into conflicts with people, I often don't get hurt? But I did by this person who I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know this who she is, where she comes from. We're not friends. We've never hung out. We've never had personal messages. Yeah. Um, and I realized I got hurt because it was shocking. Because I wasn't, like if someone said, I have a conflict with you, I'm kind of like, okay. Yeah. And I'm kind of more on top of my game. Ooh, that's a little bit much for me or something. I can say things. But it was kind of shocking. Yeah. I don't expect somebody to come to a free live video and Mm -hmm. say that their time, this is not worth their time, Mm -hmm. who I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So that shock got in a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I, I was just actually reading an, um, a part of a book called My Grandmother's Hands, 
racialized trauma and the pathway to mending our hearts and bodies by Resma Menachem. It's an excellent book, by the way, for everyone out there to read. Um, and in it, he talks about some general ways that everybody would it tends to experience trauma. And one of the one of the ways that people get traumatized is when something happens unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. So I just that's just fresh in my mind from this morning's reading. Yeah. Yeah, so the fact that, because you're like amazing dealing with conflict, you're amazing dealing with criticism being thrown your way, but to have it come kind of out of nowhere unexpectedly in that kind of situation would be painful, hurtful, traumatic in a sense, you know? Yeah. It shook me a little bit. Anyway, I don't want to say too much about it, but yeah. But you. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, um, let's see. So I have kind of a, I would sort of categorize it bitter and sweet, which is my fall PhD semester just started. And um, that is, brings a, brings a host of various feelings for me, which is on the quote unquote sweet side, I get um, excited because my brain really enjoys um, pondering new ideas and synthesizing various um, readings and putting new ideas together and getting creative flows going where I start to think of new things for my eventual dissertation and I love writing. So I get very stimulated uh, intellectually, which I love. Um, But on the bitter side, um, it's a ton of work. It ends up... it often feels like I'm running a marathon that just won't stop um, when I'm in the semester. And it means less time spent with you. And some of that time spent with you is more stressed for me and more exhausted for me. And that makes me sad. So Mm. it comes with all of that. Mm. So that's where I am at the beginning of another semester. Yeah. Climbing that hill. Yeah. Running that marathon. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so, our topic. <laughs> our topic. What is our topic for today? We like, <laughs> our topic today is... Oh, yeah. <laughs> success stories, but we're going to define, redefine... Yes. Success, so that um, we can broaden the topic for people. Yes. I get very excited, and I know this is up your alley too. I get very excited redefining mm. things. It just, I've, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why, yeah. but I, I, there's something I love about paradigm shifts. I love paradigm mm. shifts. I love seeing things from a different perspective, <clears throat> and there's so much out there that's um, both conscious and unconscious about thinking of what success means mm. in relationships. And, uh, and we want to sort of debunk that, but also, um, offer some alternative perspectives on what that could look like, what Mm -hmm. could success mean. Mm -hmm. And primarily we're, we're, we are going to be talking about how intimacy, intimacy making is success Mm -hmm. and that, um, that's sort of a new definition of success in Mm -hmm. relationship. Yeah, it needs to be there, that paradigm shift and that redefinition. It needs to be there because many of us are 
trained and educated and conditioned to think certain things are good and certain things are bad. Oh, we're so happy together. Well, yeah. that's good, but we're not always happy together. That's bad. Right. Right. Or you're going through a difficulty. That's bad. Oh, we have peaceful. Here's our perfect vacation with the yeah. little umbrellas on the <laughs> tequila drinks. <laughs> right. That's good. Right. Yeah. We never conflict. That's great. Yeah. You know, we yeah. had a conflict. Oh, that's bad. bad. Right. Right. So, and it, oh, you don't have to so think true. that consciously. It's just in there. Everybody's getting along. There's peace and harmony. That's good. Yeah. People are having difficulties. That's bad. Yeah. Does everybody get along all the time? No, I don't believe that. Yeah. But those viewpoints themselves are toxic, yes. actually, and they lead people to feel bad about their relationships. Yes. We're having a lot of sex. Great. We're not having sex in two months. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's bad. All these things that yeah. we measure ourselves by that are not, I'm going to call it real. Yeah. Real meaning what real life looks like. Ups and downs mm-hmm. and curves. Mm-hmm. And then we don't want to just say it's good and bad. We want to redefine mm-hmm. what good and bad is so mm-hmm. we can learn to celebrate and appreciate things that don't look like I won the new contract, we, you know, whatever yeah. that is in our relationship. Yes, yeah. I mean, I think that any... The, for me, this brings up the idea of good and bad at all, because I feel like so much of people's psyches are wrapped mm-hmm. up in this uh, zero-one dynamic, this good versus bad mm-hmm. dynamic of or polarity, where things are either good or bad, mm-hmm. and um, and it, mm-hmm. yeah, just I'm just echoing what you're saying in the sense yeah. that um that like you said the, the absence of conflict is good the presence of conflict is bad mm-hmm. the absence of se- the or the presence of sex is good the absence of sex is bad etc cetera, etc cetera. if we're having a good time that's good if we're struggling that's bad right so everything mm-hmm. gets lumped into one of these two categories mm-hmm. and then and then <clears throat> as you talk about so much in your work, then shame comes in because then we just feel like crap about ourselves and our yeah. relationships. Right. Yeah. Um, but this is the part that, that, um, that I was joking, uh, before we started about getting about disagreeing with mm-hmm. you. Um, it's tough though, because there, I know there's a part of me and I'm sure I'm not the only one out there who really enjoys when things feel like they're going quote, really well, when mm-hmm. things are good, when things are happy, when we feel close, mm-hmm. when we had a good time, when that was a great vacation, when, you know, um, when we've been getting along for a stretch and conflict hasn't come up, come up. So I just also notice as much as I totally agree mm-hmm. with our premise around wanting to redefine what success means and not mm-hmm. fall into this good, bad dichotomy, I also just recognize there is a real part of me that really wants all the good feelings and all the all that comes with that Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yes you have a need or a vision of something that feels really really good that's what I would, that's how I hear it. Mm-hmm. And that needs support, actually. It needs to be brought out. These are the feelings I want. These are the good feelings I want to go for. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting enough of those at times when there's more of a drought on that. Mm-hmm. I want to urge us, push us, nudge us to go further into those and make more of these kinds of times. Because mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. supporting those. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe they're not getting enough 
goose right. behind them. Right. So the way you're thinking about it <clears throat> or reflecting on me in the moment is like, that's a process of mine. We would, we might say as process work workers, we would say that's a process of mine to, to be going into a direction of actually trying to support the good feelings more, support the positive, mm -hmm. playful, happy interactions or something mm -hmm. like that. Is that accurate? Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, how might you think about that in terms of then the fact that other people might also share a similar kind of feeling that I do of like, but I like it when it feels good or something or when it's going well, I'm putting quotes around going well yeah. in relationship. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. How do I reflect upon that? I think with that person, I would say something similar. I said to you, what are the, I would ask them more. What are those feelings you want? What are those happy moments that you've had on those vacations? Mm -hmm. Do you feel them now? Can they exist when you're not on vacation? How come not? Do you wake up with those things when you're about to get together with your partner? Do you think you can't have them? Why don't you further those? Why don't you advance those? What stops you from those kinds of things? So that would be the first direction I would take with that mm -hmm. so that those can blossom as fully as they want to. Mm -hmm. Because if there's a good feeling that can't blossom into its fullness, mm -hmm. meaning, wow, this is great. I'm so in love with you. It's the best thing that's ever happened to me. Mm -hmm. If it can't flower all the way, yeah. then it gets stifled. It builds a little bit of a background unhappiness because the thing couldn't do its thing. Yeah. The feeling can't do its thing. The happiness can't do its thing. Or we're talking about the vacation, about the good time. Mm -hmm. And that usually means... It's not happening enough now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Or it's happening now and I can't support it to go a little further. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm thinking and talking about some other moment. Mm. It's because I'm also saying, I want more of that now. More of it's maybe here and I'm not willing to go for it. Or I'm going along with something else that's not so happy. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. In process work, we call that third parties. Right. Third party. We're talking about a time in the past or a time in the future or whatever. Whereas we're you're, you're saying... When we do that, when we refer to something mm -hmm. else, we're actually wanting it more in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. But then there's another kind of a person <clears throat> that is a little bit in denial mm -hmm. about the difficult parts of life. Right. Not like life is difficult or not like some kind of downer parent. Life yeah. is difficult. you got to suffer. No, I don't <laughs> right. think that. But there are difficulties and struggles in emerging into oneself and merging into oneself in relationship, that's a, that's a life project. Yeah. Not like a one-time project. A good life project. I want to take that project on mm -hmm. of finding out how to be me in relationship with you, Lisa. Mm -hmm. I think of that as a life project. Mm -hmm. Not something that ends, meaning a good thing. You know? Yes. It's a daily practice in a good sense. So if a person thinks, oh, things aren't so good, they ought to be good. Yeah. And... Um, and why aren't they good? And then there's just that downing, shaming, what's wrong with me, what's wrong with us kind of thing. Yeah. Then I think that person might be living in a little bit of innocence, an Eden-esque orientation yeah. that thinks it just comes in Eden. You don't leave Eden and figure yeah. it out and do yeah. forgivenesses and things like that. Right. You go back to where it was, it, you gotcha. know, have those problems. And that person has a kind of a, I'm going to say something judgmental. Somebody's not going to like this, right? But that person has a kind of like, usually I learned, has a childhood that was not so happy. Yeah. And they're dreaming that they could have 
not just a happy one, but like kind of a perfect one, right? Yes. <laughs> where there's no difficulties, right. where your parent is not also a human being who's screwed up and messed up right. and in denial and has narcissism. Yeah. They're dreaming of a, what do you call that? A, a, a resolution mm-hmm. that says, now I'm going to be in the perfectly happy world. Yeah. But there can be a happiness, but it's not just because it's, that's the way it is. It, there's deep experiences. Right. And you can actually be moved and made happy by those deep experiences. Right. It's not the picture perfect look. Right. Right. Okay, now I'm totally on your side. Okay. It's not the Christmas <laughs> card, right? Here we are. You know, my arms are yeah. around you and the 2.2 kids are in our lap <laughs> and the 1.7 cars are in the driveway, right? And all that stuff. And hi, everybody. We had the best year. And I'm like, I know people send those things out. And I know, please send them out and all that stuff. But I get a little bit like, you know, know. bulimic around those things. You know, I'm like, sticking my fingers on my throat. Okay, I can't handle too much of that stuff. You know, I binge them, you know, read three puke, read three puke, you know. Okay, I'm totally with you. <laughs> I'm totally with you uh, on the on this point of that. Right there, you're sort of, we're sort of differentiating, and I'm just summarizing here quickly before we get into this more the, between a kind of denial. I would say a kind in the innocence again quotes around the word innocence. It, it's a it's a kind of. Uh, um, mm, unconscious innocence it's a it's a it's a resistance in a way to seeing and to knowing that life is difficult relationships Mm -hmm. are difficult Mm -hmm. there's going to be ups and downs and ins and outs and Mm -hmm. obstacles and that's normal Mm -hmm. it's normal and and to sort of insist on the happy face to insist on the getting along to insist on certain things it's very um constricting and it's 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 uh, stifling and suffocating mm-hmm. uh, these kinds of things that then deteriorate a uh, relationship over time if, if the insistence is so strong the insistence is strong we're that. in trouble yeah. that means more and more of me has to be left out of the relationship yeah. Yeah. and those things that are left out grow yeah. like tumors like yeah. viruses they grow like illnesses that can't be dealt with and, and yes. brought healing to. Yeah. So then they fester yeah. right? in the background. So the more I have to keep something out or more of me out, mm-hmm. and then I'm playing a little part, mm-hmm. but then where's David? Yeah. And where's intimacy? Yeah. And where's There's, love? Doesn't exist, yeah. Now we have a picture of yeah. our relationship that we're yeah. grooming, but not our relationship that we're grooming. Yeah, and 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 mm-hmm. last thing, that that's, that is a mm-hmm. different process. That's a different experience than someone who... Is who is dreaming of more happy moments, more intimacy, more um, getting in touch with a joy right. that is actually a little secondary for that. Which person. we need. So, yes. You and I are both worker, hard yeah. worker people. Yeah. Right. So we push through lots of kinds of our ambitions and efforts. Great, and mm-hmm. I love that mm-hmm. we do that. Yeah. And. We also kind of like, I'm up against this today. I'm up against that today. Yeah. Phew. And our work tends to be pretty yeah. serious. That stuff. was a hard yeah. one. I heard these really painful stories yeah. from my clients. They're still right. sitting with me. They're, yeah. I'm digesting them, crying over them, yeah. reading, thinking, wrestling. talking about yeah. them, processing them. Mm-hmm. So then we're wrestling with the world. And there's COVID. And then mm-hmm. there's Hurricane Ida. Mm-hmm. And there's Afghanistan. Yeah. And there's climate. And then there's our clients. And then there's our hard work. So all of those things... Mm-hmm. We can sort of get into yeah. and wrestle with as we need to, yeah. but then we could also 
marginalized, push out the, phew, what a grace we're in that we go through this together, that we're wrestling with the earth stuff yeah. together. What does it mean if we're going to die? What, how will we express ourselves and bring right. out our love more? Those things also need nurture And ha- happiness and playfulness. In the oh, midst yeah, that. Of, <laughs> yes, don't forget. In the midst of such heavy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> See, I grew up, and this is changing for me since knowing you, especially in the last 10 years around being happy. Mm-hmm. But I grew up in a world as a Jewish person, mm-hmm. a Jewish male person, that said the job of life was your ambitions. At minimum, get a good education and earn some money and things like that. And if you wanted to go further, serve, make a better world, give, try to do things like that. But ideas like happiness as part of the mission <laughs> yeah. was not like, you know, like happiness, like why? You yes. know, what's that about? Yes. You just try to do a good job and you succeed in the culture's mainstream view and you're secure you have a little home and your yeah. nest egg of funds and then you try to be a good person in the world yeah those are the things yeah right right okay so so, so we wanted to talk about so given now we've redefined <laughs> success in some way or wandered through that. that idea about what success is and isn't and we're wanting to talk about success because of the whole theme of our podcast as intimacy it's very important because when you're then interacting with people or when we're helping relationships deal with difficult spots, then we want to not think, oh, success would be not having this difficult spot. Right. We want to think success is different kinds of things that are happening in the moment of that relationship that aren't celebrated sufficiently. Yeah. So before you sort of give us the bullet points, um, I want to say, I want to try to say this now and then maybe try to say it at the end too, because it's, it's really worth repeating to think about success in relationship as deepening intimacy is a radical idea. You may intuitively think, yeah, of course, that makes sense to to feel closer and more connected. Yeah, that makes sense. But it's not practiced by most people. The, The default setting is, as we've said, to have success in other ways to have an absence of difficulty an absence of conflict an absence of mm-hmm. of anything bad and so when you look at the sort of quote unquote solution or success as deepening intimacy i cannot emphasize enough what a radical inner and relational transformation that actually is when you really start to try to live that way. Mm -hmm. I am still very much on that road and probably always will be because it's such an interest of mine. But to, to really appreciate when intimacy happens in your relationship, that that is the success moment, not solving mm-hmm. the problem, not making something different, not making something, quote, better, but just the act of connecting and knowing mm-hmm. each other and yourselves better. Yeah. And you, ha- you need then, ju- you need something, a witness inside the relationship or outside that notices mm-hmm. that ease because... I called you ease. <laughs> Sometimes I call Lisa ease. But, yeah. um, you need something that notices. See if I, yeah. If I get a big contract, right? Yeah. And then it's worth fifty thousand dollars, yeah. right? Right. And I show it to you. We kind of go, yay, success! Let's go out to a big dinner. And that's great, right? Yeah. So we notice it, mm-hmm. right? But oh, we have a, we go on a vacation. That was a great vacation. So but true. But the intimacy moments mm-hmm. may not be noticed. They're not highlighted. They're not celebrated. So true. Because yeah. our culture does not notice those as a culture. 
It doesn't notice things like intimacy. Yeah. It doesn't celebrate things like intimacy. It's not mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, wow, that just happened. Mm-hmm. You really, you two really just connected about that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't notice it. So yeah, but that's I'm, right. You have to build a muscle yeah. together of noticing that. Yeah. When I work with two people, whether it's partners or parents and children, right. or I highlight intimacy moments mm-hmm. so i'm not this is not an intimate partnership this is a mother-daughter thing yeah but it's but it happens in intimate partnerships many times as well for me in working with people so the mother brings her daughter in the mother's like in her 60s the daughter's like maybe 28 or something and the daughter says this is what i'm upset with my mother about and da, da, da. and the mother says i understand you but I, this is what i think and they look at me like this is the difficulty Mm-hmm. And I think you two are amazing. Mm. Two strong women speaking for, uh, to each other, saying what you really think, saying what you really need. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Do you know how rare it is that people do this and really speak like that? I didn't speak to my mother about these kind of things until this age. Yeah. And just that framing mm-hmm. makes me chills. I have mm. goosebumps just saying that. Just that framing changes them. I didn't do anything to change that conflict yeah. except for add a sense of you're incredible people doing this this is not a small thing you people are doing this right. is not a downer right. and then they sit up and they look prouder and they, they're smiling yeah. they're smi- now they're conflicting and smiling as opposed to conflicting and feeling lousy what yeah. changed yeah their understanding of what they're doing together yeah. that they're a successful they, relationship yeah. yeah right i love that example yeah <clears throat> will you tell us the bullets that we talked yeah. about? yeah there's so many different moments of success uh, of intimacy building, mm-hmm. but one of them is one that you talk to me uh, regularly about when you re- work with your clients, and that's about when a person brings out an unsaid need. Yeah, you want to go ahead. <laughs> no, break just... me off and, and, and do it. Yeah, <laughs> I get so freaking excited about this. I don't know why. Okay, um, I call it direct communication. And if my clients are listening, they're like, oh, yeah, we've heard her talk about this before. Yeah. <laughs> um, people, especially in romantic partnerships, but it's really true in any kind of relationship at all. But um, they consciously or unconsciously think that the other person, their partner, whoever, should be able to read their mind. They have desires they have needs, they have complaints, they have feelings, they have experiences, and they and it seems obvious to them, and they think it should be obvious to their partner that they're having those experiences. And shouldn't the partner just respond as such? Shouldn't they know? Why do they have to tell them? Why do they have to be so explicit? Especially, like you said, around needs. So I'll stick with that as the, as the point. Expressing your needs to your partner is such a taboo thing in our culture. It, people are afraid to look needy. They're afraid to feel needy. They're afraid of rejection. They're afraid they'll get hurt. They uh, are afraid they'll push away their partner if they tell them what they need. They're afraid that if they tell their partner what they need and their partner does it, then that means their partner didn't really want to do it. It's not genuine. It's not authentic. They're like 
telling them what to do. It's not coming from an organic place, a natural place, a true place. So then they feel like they can't rely on the trueness of that behavior or that statement that their partner is now telling them to try to uh, meet that need in them. So they think, well, they're just doing it because I told them. They don't really want to. And so there's this, there's this real sense of, of fear of, of a kind of lack, a perceived lack of love actually on their partner's mm. part. Mm. Like maybe they don't actually love me. Maybe they're not actually mm. wanting to be with me, down for me. Maybe I'm not worthy of getting that because if they don't do it naturally, maybe I don't, maybe I'm mm. not worthy or maybe they don't actually care for me in that way. They're just mm. going through the motions. That's deep. I never thought about that level of it. I thought about that there were communication, but I never thought about that level of it. Maybe deep down, I'm not, they don't love me. I'm not being loved. I'm not lovable. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's profound. Mm-hmm. That's a deep belief mm-hmm. inside that must have gotten planted early yeah and then lives out that's right that's the mm-hmm. more unconscious part of mm-hmm. it the more conscious part is feeling like well is the the the, the client will say well i don't want to tell them what what i need cuz then they'll just repeat it back and it won't be real mm-hmm. that's that's what they tell themselves but unconsciously i think it's often not always but often fueled by a deeper sense of unworthiness, mm. unlovableness. That's profound. That's deep inner work mm-hmm. to, for a person then to get close to that. Mm-hmm. Am I afraid fundamentally mm-hmm. that I'm unlovable? I have a part of me that doesn't feel loved, mm-hmm. that's around. Mm. Phew, mm. That would take, that, it's a deep thing to take a person into, that sense of feeling unloved. Well, Mm -hmm. that person would have to go in that direction, I Mm -hmm. think, if that's Mm -hmm. what's in the background, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to go all the way down to the bottom Mm -hmm. of I don't feel loved and see what we learn down there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And eventually, through that and on to the other side, eventually coming to a place of, at times, of course, doesn't mean you have to feel it all Mm -hmm. the time, but at times, at moments, to be able to connect with a sense of, but I am worthy of that. Mm -hmm. I am, I, I do deserve my needs to be met even if my partner never meets them mm-hmm. i still deserve that yeah that's an important statement because the meeting of the needs is important but we're focusing on intimacy mm-hmm. so then if i tell you the need that i have the vulnerable expression of something that i've been afraid to tell you mm-hmm. about what i need that's the celebration moment yes not whether you do it or not whether you do it or not is great yeah i hope that you do right and you will some of the time most of the time right but this but if we're working with that person, that person says, here's what I deeply need. Yeah. I don't wait for that person to say, I'll do that. Right. I say, holy shit, the mm-hmm. earth is shaking. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. This is the moment. Yeah. That's an incredible thing that you said that. Yeah. And then I might say to the other person, before you say, well, do you do that or not? Were you moved? Did yeah. it touch you that the person is showing you that? So true. And if the person says, oh, I'm so, t- I don't know if I can do that, but I'm touched. I think that's the point. Yeah, exactly. We made it. We got there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Highlight that moment right yeah. there before anybody responds. Yeah. How beautiful yeah. to express that kind of vulnerability, that kind of deep sharing. Yeah. And yeah, it's not about yeah. the, the meeting of it or not in that moment. The intimacy moment is not about the yes or the no. Yeah. Because even if I say, I can't do that, it breaks my heart. But we still have an intimacy exactly. moment. Exactly. Right? Yes. That could be a gorgeous moment and, and, and is sometimes. Right. Yeah. 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 Cool. 
So just circling back really quickly to that idea of uh, direct communication that I guess get so jazzed up about. Um, so we're talking about it today, mostly in the sense of communicating your needs directly to your partner as an intimacy making gesture uh, moment. There's a lot more that could be said about direct communication. And I would love to make a future episode just on that topic and talk about how to do that and why that's so important and why your partner can't read your mind and your feelings and that it's, it's okay and good Mm -hmm. to actually be more direct about that. Um, but today we're just going to leave it at this just to focus on the expression of needs as the important part around intimacy making as a quote success relationship. It's really profound yeah. what we're talking about, the highlighting of these moments. Even I'm getting it more as we're talking. Yeah. These moments of success. Mm-hmm. That then and then we can do it easier. And then down yeah. the you know, and then years ago we couldn't talk about money the same way. Right. That we can talk about money now. Mm-hmm. Who who the heck talks about money honestly in the world? America doesn't talk to Israel and Palestine about money honestly. And and people don't and families don't. So it's no small thing. Not just the numbers and how much we have in our bank and how much I make, but all the feelings and directness and I'm responsible and you're not pulling your weight and I'm doing this and you're not doing that and you're not valued as a woman because you may not be doing this to make more money. Those discussions. So that's something that we've moved along and then we need to acknowledge, whoa, Mm -hmm. that's a big success. We do those things or talking about Sex and money are the two most difficult topics in relationships. Talking about sex. Mm -hmm. This is what we're doing. This is what I need. This is what I feel. This Mm -hmm. is what I'm sad. This is what I've gone through over years as we changed. We're more present with each other. The love making is happening in those ways. So awesome. It's a a profound thing. Um, Another success story slash success moment is when a person sees their partner more clearly than they did before. Mm. I didn't know this about you. Mm-hmm. So then a couple comes to get relationship help and somebody said something and the other person makes a look or they look away or they look grumpy or they make a sigh or they eyes go up in a sarcastic way or they go phew or whatever. And there's no communication going on in there. Yeah. And then... Sometimes we'll say, can I focus on that person's look for a second, dear other partner, hang out for a few minutes, Mm -hmm. and I want to talk to them about what's going on inside of them, because something is happening, but I don't know what it is, and you probably don't know what it is, and that communication, the sigh and the eye glances, is probably not going to further intimacy. Right. So I say, okay, and they say, okay, and then I ask that person, and then they'll say something, let's imagine this is what happens all the time. Tell me about that. And then we'll go into that and they'll say, ah, this feeling, I'm so used to it. I say, for how long? I've been used to this my whole life. Oh, uh, yeah. Tell me the first time. Well, I was seven and I was walking in the store and yeah. this is what happened. And now this person's starting to share their story. Mm-hmm. Early stories. Relationships before the one we've had where this kind of dynamic mm-hmm. played out. Mm-hmm. And then if the other person can listen, because I'm facilitating it, mm-hmm. right? so they're not like telling it to the other person, you don't get it. Yeah. They're telling me I don't get it. They're yeah. teaching me, so to speak. Yep. Then that 
other partner gets a chance to go, oh, I didn't know all those things about you, your story, what you've dealt with, what you've been through, mm-hmm. what you've been traumatized with, what you've been upset by, what you've yeah. held back inside of yeah. you. And that moment, so then if the other person is saying, oh my gosh, I didn't know, yeah. stop everything, <sighs> highlight. This is an intimacy moment, yes. everybody. You are moved by getting to know something about them. They came out with something, yep. and you got to know them. That's a very special thing, getting to know a person more deeply. So important what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Like childhood stories are big, like key childhood stories, mm-hmm. key past relationship mm-hmm. stories. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, where these core wounds have happened, where then they are going to be... Uh, part of your current relationship over time where you're dealing with Mm -hmm. the sort of longevity of the Mm -hmm. ramifications of these earlier experiences. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's our, it's going to be present in your relationship. So getting to know those Mm -hmm. stories more intimately, getting to know your partner. Oh man, that's gold. That's gold stuff. It's big stuff. It's big stuff in, in my relationship with you. Yeah. Oh, I've taken care of people in ways where I've given myself away before. Mm-hmm. So this little grumpiness you're seeing yeah. every so often, especially early in the relationship, was more there because yeah. I gave myself away more. Yeah. Right? Gave myself away, meaning I put my own self and needs away to think I'm going to be a better partner by caring only for you, yes. more exclusively for you. Yeah. And then I'd say, oh my gosh, I've been doing this here. I did this with my mother when she couldn't stand up to my father. Yeah. And in my last relationship, I didn't yeah. write because I thought I don't have time to write because I have to be a good partner. Yeah. And then you're kind of going, oh my gosh, I yeah. didn't know how deeply and better that pattern was. Mm-hmm. Now I'm understanding a little bit of where mm-hmm. that comes from or why mm-hmm. you're so alert uh, mm-hmm. about those kind of moments because you're needing a lot of alertness because it's a pattern you don't want to fall back into. I didn't know that. Right. So it's mm-hmm. like both the, the stories themselves that have rich meaning in yeah. your current relationship, in our current relationship, right? But then, but then the psychic states that then we get into, right? Because of those patterns, those long-term patterns and that came from those stories that we share together. So it's like, yeah, here's the story, but then here's, this is where I get inside. This is the, this is the straitjacket I get into. This is where I feel unfree. This Mm -hmm. is where I get into these difficult moods. This is right. So you're sharing. So there's moments of just knowing those stories. And then there's moments of understanding that's where I'm at in that mm-hmm. moment. I'm kind of in that story, mm-hmm. right? I'm in that psychic place mm-hmm. where I'm wrestling with these demons or these tensions mm-hmm. or this whatever. Does yes. That, yeah. 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 That's right. Mm-hmm. And then other ways that people get to know their partner better is if a person says, let's go back to your needs thing. Mm-hmm. Could you please be more available during the weekends, even though you're studying? Yeah. Right? Let's right. say I say. Yeah. Right? I yeah. Don't, I don't really say that, but... Yeah. But, yeah, but I, I would love you to spend more... <laughs> well, while we're on it, could you please... Wait, while we have an audience, uh, Lisa, <laughs> I'd really please? love it if you would carve out more time I remember for me. <laughs> actually now that there was a period of time when you started your PhD because we were spending a lot less time together because you were so occupied yeah. with what you were doing um, that I asked you... Uh, we came up yes. with the idea of texting me. Can yeah. you text me every hour or two and just say thinking about you? It's so like it's like you know, <laughs> throw me a little a little doggy biscuit, biscuit and then I'll be happy. And it's something and it was, I felt like oh, that's so ridiculous, David. You can't like handle that. She's gonna you know without getting a little text. And I'm like. I could handle it. I could tough it out. 
but I actually liked the little text, you know, you know and you're in a different room. You have yeah. to come down and interrupt your thing. And it was really sweet. Oh, well, that started... was like expressing a need, actually, yeah. that you had for a little bit more context. So you knew I'm kind of thinking of you and not just like off far away. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It was a sweet thing to, for I me. I have to bring that back. I know it. This semester. Bring it back. Yeah. But sometimes what happens then the other... Another thing that happens around getting to know your partner is... So let's go back to that idea. So I yeah. say, Lisa, yeah. could you spend more time thinking about me and coming over to me and checking right. with me and, and loosening up on how occupied you are with yes. your studies on the weekend? Yeah. I'm exaggerating. I don't know if I would say that. Yeah, yeah, let's yeah. Say no, I said I that. Just and now let, but let's say I said I had an, um, maybe a more legitimate way of saying that. Yeah. You know, could we do something this Saturday? I know usually study. That's, right. Let's say okay. that would be a more legitimate thing. Yes, right? A more yes. realistic. Right. Because I usually right. take Fridays and right. Saturdays to study. So and then yes. you might okay. say, mm, you know, well, yeah, and let me see what I can do. Now, if we're in a, if we had a witness, a therapist or between ourselves, mm-hmm. then we could say, you're a, hemming and hawing and not hesitating what's going on mm-hmm. inside mm-hmm. and you might say i feel so guilty about how much time i do this so yeah oh tell me about that yeah i want to be spending time with you and i wish i could be more there and then i'm getting fed because i didn't know that yeah how hungry you are to spend time with me yeah. we're still not changing the schedule that's right we're still gonna do the phd time it's a great but, example right? yeah. but then you're coming out with all yeah. that love and all that feelings. And I didn't know what you were going through. I just thought that hemming and hawing, maybe I'm interpreting that as maybe she doesn't really want to do that. She right. do whatever. I don't know what's going on. Right. But then that comes out. Right. And, oh, I'm getting to know you and I'm feeling your care for me and yeah. how hard it is for you to stick with what you're doing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And like, yeah, it could be all sorts of things. It could be like how much I care about you and how I wish we could spend more time together. It could we could also be learning about the guilt that I often feel um, for doing that and talking about being a good partner versus a bad partner and what that means for us and how we sometimes let each other down and uh, that kind of thing. So that's a way to connect. It could be about my deeper feelings around being a woman and, and carving out my time to forward my own life and career and interests when they don't actually directly seem to serve the relationship or something and how forbidden that is in in me and in many women so there's like so many rich juicy areas there Mm -hmm. to actually share about without changing a thing right that's what we're talking about the outer thing doesn't change to become more successful the glorious moment yeah and when those moments are captured by a set of eyes that sees them and appreciates them and celebrates them, yeah. then the relationship starts feeling more successful and better about itself. Yes. Because it's not measured so much. I'm looking at our time. Yes. And I know we're, whatever, over 40 minutes. Yeah. And there's so much more we can say about this, but I think we should stop here. Okay. And not try to bring in more because it's a good chunk of information. Yeah, There's it more is. categories of these things. Yes, yes. But I think the set you highlighted at the beginning, mm-hmm. towards the beginning, is that I want I can't say this enough. Mm-hmm. I think that if there's a if there's one main headline. Headline and two sub <laughs> yeah. points. Yes. Right? The headline is think about the intimacy and the moments of intimacy. Catch them, celebrate them, honor them, notice them break out of that mainstream view we've internalized that evaluates ourselves in certain ways and then the relationship can be boosted by the kinds of things we're really doing and deepening the intimacy. I think that's the 
the highlighting of mm-hmm. it, of what we're doing, the headline, as mm-hmm. you say. Mm-hmm. And then we have the, we're talking about two different kinds of ways that intimacy can happen. One is the vulnerable bringing out of a need and not imagining your partner knows it. Yeah. And the intimacy building of that. Right. And then we're talking about getting to see your partner more clearly through stories and feelings that come out and the discovery of that and the feelings that are around that are part of the intimacy. Those are great success moments. I love it. Yes. Yeah. I could talk about this all day long. I know. It. This is really, actually, I'm really, <laughs> now I wanted to do a whole bunch more on success stories Me and too. talk more about these little, these little details. Intimacy yeah. is the best. Intimacy is the best. <laughs> And you don't even need to change. You don't need to right? That's the coolest. That's like, hey, everybody, like, guess what? You don't actually need to change. You just need to connect more about those places and those deeper feelings and those deeper needs. And wow, you've like hit gold. Bang. Bang. Bang drop on that last <laughs> <My> statement. <job. laughs> Lisa, okay, good work today. Thanks, good David. hanging with you. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I know it. If you like this episode or learned something new, we would love if you would spread the love on social media and tell a friend about our podcast. As you know, word of mouth is everything. And if you really want to put a smile on our faces, subscribe to our podcast so you can be sure to receive all our future episodes. And while you're at it, write us a review on whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. To learn more, visit intodeep.com. That's I-N-T-W-O. D-E-E-P dot com. Music is In Orange Groove by Raphael Pistachio. In Too Deep is a Belly Song Press production.